When the children's leaders first said, could they at the all-age service do the story of Noah, we didn't know that we were going to have a baptism on this Sunday. That came later. And by one of those God incidences, there's a connection between the story of Noah and baptism. We find it in our Bible reading for today, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 to 22. 1 Peter chapter 3, reading from verse 18 through to verse 22. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. I don't know how I'd have got on on the ark. I am not good with boats. I am always the first person to be seasick. Nevertheless, some years ago when I was a youth leader, I foolishly agreed to be part of a team that was going to take a group of kids on a sailing weekend. So we drove the kids up to Pool Harbor, and there was a boat, and it, it looked okay. It was a big catamaran, and I thought, I'll be all right there. And uh, there were people who were youth leaders who knew all about sailing, and they understood these things, which I didn't. So we got on the boat, and uh, we couldn't set sail to start with, put the engine on. And apparently, to get out of Pool Harbor, there's a long, winding channel that goes between the sandbanks before you get out into the open sea. It's a long distance. So there we are, we're going round here, and, round there, and it's all marked out with boys. Now, unfortunately, the chap who was steering, is that a nautical term, steering? Whatever he was doing, anyway, he picked the wrong side of a boy and ran the boat aground on a sandbank. What was worse was when we hit the sandbank, it dislodged the motor and water started coming into the boat. Well, we weren't going to sink because we were on a sandbank, but neither could we move. We were stuck. So what did we have to do? Well, we called the lifeboat. And uh, the lifeboat evacuated me and all the kids. And uh, I was able to use those skills that I do have, i.e. finding a church hall for us to sleep in overnight. And uh, the people who knew what they were doing stayed on the boat. They lifeboat people pumped out all the water. They fixed the hole where it was coming in. And then they had to wait till the tide came in and they could be pulled off this sandbank. So it's just one of those things that, um, you know, everybody's got some strange thing that's happened in their lives. Mine was, I was rescued by a lifeboat. And what Peter's talking about is a rescue story. He sees the link, water is the theme, between the water of the floods in Noah's time and the water of baptism. And he says that the thing that Noah's experience and baptism today has got in common, is this, we all need to be rescued. Often in church things, we use the word saved, and we talk about salvation, but it means the same thing. We need to be rescued. In Noah's time, the Bible says to us, 
the Lord saw how great human wickedness on the earth had become. I'll let you in on a secret. Nothing has changed. Read your papers. We all know the world is a mess. If we're honest, we know that our lives are a mess. The difference is this. That instead of sending a flood, God sent Jesus. God promised at the end of the flood, I will never do that again. Because God had something better, something perfect in store. And when Jesus died on the cross, it was to deal with that mess. It was to deal with our sin. And his cross and his resurrection and his ascension, which Peter mentions, are God's rescue plan for you and me. We can be rescued. We can be saved from sin and its consequences. We can be saved from ourselves. We can be saved for a new life in Christ. Now let's be clear, baptism doesn't do that for us. Baptism, as Peter puts it, only removes the dirt from the outside. But baptism is a declaration of what Jesus has already done. When somebody is baptized, they're saying that Jesus has given me, to use Peter's words, a good conscience towards God. In other words, he's given me a new heart, a new life, forgiveness. He's rescued me. He has saved me. You may have noticed as we did the reading, verses 19 and 20, about Jesus preaching to the spirits in prison. The commentators say they are probably the most difficult verses in the whole of the New Testament to understand and interpret as far as their details are concerned. And we're not even going to attempt that now. But one thing is clear from them, and the, the big thrust is this. Nobody is excluded. There is nobody who can't be rescued. When you have trouble at sea, the lifeboat doesn't say, oh, we'll come if you can pay us. The lifeboat doesn't say, we'll come if you're good enough. The lifeboat doesn't say, oh, you've got into that mess yourself, you're very silly, we're not going to come and rescue you. They go and rescue everybody simply because they need rescuing. It's the same with God. Nobody is left out. Nobody is excluded. If you need to be rescued, God is in the rescue business for you. It doesn't matter if it's the very first time you have ever been in church, God's ready to reach out and rescue you now. Or maybe you've been coming for years and years and years, but you've never actually known Jesus. God's ready to rescue you. You may think, I'm a pretty good person. Nothing wrong with me. I do good deeds. I help old ladies across the road. I don't know about that, wouldn't you? Know, I can never find old ladies who want to be helped across the road. But, you know, I'm a good enough person. Except deep down inside, we know that isn't true. Or you may think, I am so messed up, God could not rescue me. Let me tell you, whether you think you're pretty good or whether you know you're totally screwed up, God is ready to rescue you. Young, old, rich, poor, nobody is excluded. So as you watch this baptism in a moment, I want you to ask you this question. Are you trapped? Say to yourself, am I trapped? Am I lost? Do I need to be rescued? Do I need to be forgiven? Do I need to make a fresh start? And if the answer is yes, it's as simple as getting on the radio and calling the lifeboat. You don't even need the radio. You just say, God help. 
God, come and rescue me. God, sort me out. And God will always answer that prayer because God is in the rescue business. We're going to watch in a moment the baptism. We're going to hear testimony. At the end of the service, there will be an opportunity. If you really want to get rescued, if you really want your life sorted out, if you want to know Jesus, there will be opportunity to come just and sit in the front pew. There will be people ready to pray with you, people ready to help you, people ready just to be there for you. What happens if you don't call for rescue? Well, we could have sat on the sandbank until we starved or drowned or whatever. There was no way we could rescue ourselves. It's the same with us. There is no way we can rescue ourselves. But Jesus is ready. If you need him, make this morning the day when you find your rescue. We're going to sing another song. It's well-known hymn, When I Survey the Wonderful